And welcome to another edition of Texas Money and Business. My name is Ron Taylor. It's so good to have you right here. Thank you for joining us once again for the show, a brand new show. Still kind of has that new show smell to it a little bit, and we hope we can have that to stick around for a while. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us today. It is Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by our good friend, serial entrepreneur and credit expert, Doug Parker, brought to you by our good friends at FreeElectricityDFW.com, RepairMyCreditNow.com, and All3Reports.com. That's all three, the number three, reports with an S, dot com. And Doug Parker, so good to see you. Welcome back. Ron, great to see you again. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Doing What's- good. That's fantastic, man. We're excited about doing the second show. We've got episode number two, and uh, it's good times here in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. We've got Brian Flanagan, a good friend of mine with Flanagan Training and also of the Zig Ziglar Corporation with us today. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Everything's cooking. (laughs) You're right about that. It is definitely that time of the year where uh, where things are cooking. Well, today we're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to get into some books, as we mentioned in the past, that are great books, and we'll bring up some of Zig's books as well as some of Brian's books, talk about some success principles, different quotes, different things that are out there. And, you know, I ran across a quote the other day, Brian, you've probably heard this one before, but it's from Charlie Jones. It says, you will be the same person in five years uh, you are today, with the exception of the books that you read uh, and the people that you meet. I like that. Strong. I've heard Charlie say that in his prime. He was he was strong and he believed it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't do a whole lot of reading and, and um, I like to to listen to stuff. So yes. that's something for me that's always been a real big deal. So I listen to a lot of audio books, but I was really blessed back whenever I was a kid. My dad uh, listened to tapes on uh, or audiobooks on tape. Yes. And uh, so he had popped in one that was Zig one time. And, you know, I can uh, just think I can listen to Zig say anything. I can listen to read the phone book. It wouldn't matter to me. But uh, <laughs> but he had some really great stuff. And so when I was like uh, probably 10, 12 years old, I started listening to Zig. And, you know, you've, you've known Zig or knew Zig for a very long time. Yes. Um, and, and the book of the week we're talking about today is, is See at the Top. You know, His first book. That's right. 1974 that came out. Wow. Impacting lives till this day. Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you, anytime that I run across someone that maybe is a little bit struggling, got a little self-esteem issues, whatever the case is, it just needs a little pick-me-up, uh, I'll ask them, hey, do you, like to li- do you like to read or do you like to listen? And I'll give them a copy of that. And I have literally had people that have called me back within a day or two and said, I, I couldn't set the book down. It-, it really has changed my life in this short period of time. It's big-time stuff. Mm-hmm. Zig's philosophy in that book, it, it's really his philosophy in that first book of the 32 he, he had written, but that book will touch you no matter what part of your life, how old, whether your family's young or old, whether you're in the business world as a veteran or a novice, no matter where you are in your life, that book has messages for you. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. The great part of being affiliated with the Ziegler Corporation is to get the emails that people send us. Zig, Zig passed away. December of 2012, the Ziegler Corporation still gets emails from the impact that Zig has had on these people. They send letters to the family at Zig by Ziegler saying, we know your dad has passed, yet this is what he meant to me. This is what he meant for my family. I'm a better man. I'm a better Christian. I'm a better dad. I'm a better wife. I'm a better it's, – it's pretty amazing. That book has a great deal of impact in every area of your life. I agree. You know, I, I look back on on my life, and you know, one one of my favorite quotes from Zig from Zig was, "If if you just help enough other people get what they want in life, you'll always have what you want." And I reflect back on that. No matter what's going on, um, if you just help people, it really makes a huge difference. And and I've had some stuff over the past couple of years that that have gone on, and you know, I 
sometimes I think, why me on this or why me on that? And, you know, I just roll up my sleeves and, and, and try to help someone out. And it's amazing. The last uh, the last few weeks, I've had a couple people that reached out to me. And it really made me feel good because they're like, Doug, what can I do for you? You're helping us out with this. You're helping us out with that. And it's like, look, it, it'll all work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I That's may need something in the future. And, you know, I know you're happy to do it. Right now, I don't need anything. I'm just happy to help you. But it's it's those fingerprints of Zig that, that have been on my life that have made a huge impact. Yeah, it's amazing when you want to you want to get get involved with something that's motivating. Involve yourself with something larger than just you. Zig's philosophy was consistent. He's the most consistent man I've ever met. And what you said earlier, Doug, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Zig lived that, and I've seen him in areas that you would think that he he may he may have the the permission, if you will, to vary from that, but he never did. I, I saw him ask a, a man in New Zealand for a lot of money that this guy contractually owed us at the Ziegler Corporation. I saw Zig at his 45-year-old daughter's gravesite. I've seen him coach and counsel troubled employees. And the great part of Zig was that he was always Zig, and that's hard to do at his status. People had elevated him, elevated him to that status. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep humble, but he always was, and he always lived that philosophy. Yeah, that's great stuff. It it really is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's amazing the impact of the. I'm sure it's millions of people. Millions, uh, yeah, over un, the years. Un, uncounted. We we don't know, mm-hmm. but he's still reaching. The amazing thing is, even though, like he, he's not worked since 2010, and he passed away in November of 2012, his message still impacts people. One of my favorite books is Oswald Chambers' "My Utmost for His Highest," September 6th, opening line of that daily devotion is this a river reaches places its source never knows mm. and that's a, that's just a great great quote a river reaches places its source never knows mm. that's how i describe zig ziglar yeah. he has touched people that he'll never meet because he sold books he sold tapes he believed in lifelong learning you never graduate from learning so when you heard at 10 mm-hmm. some people are hearing at 60 Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not a cassette anymore. Maybe it's a DVD. Maybe it's a CD. But Zig never met those people. Mm-hmm. At 10, he hadn't met you, mm-hmm. but he had an impact. Absolutely. There's no there's no question about it. And, you know, what we're talking about, you know, the book C at the top. Uh, I've I've uh, known you for a long time. I think it's probably uh, 10 or 12 years we've known one another. I think I probably met you something like 15 years ago. You may yeah. not even remember this, but uh, it was a... A recording that was done. I think it was called the Selling Difference. Right. And uh, I saw you there. I saw Zig there. And and uh, Zig, it was a couple of days I think before uh, what he called his anniversary, but it was like a fiftieth uh, anniversary of his twentieth uh, birthday or something yep. along those he lines. Was, he was born November sixth, so that was that was in November. I want to say twenty. 20- 2001, 2002, you're dating both of us here. We don't want to do that. <laughs> right, I've right. slept since then, but yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a long time ago, and, and, I, and I saw you, and I just I could see Zig's fingerprints all, all over everything yeah. that you were doing. But um, one of the things that I've seen you do multiple times, I've seen you pull out your book of C at the top, and it's uh, you know it's it's tittered, and, and, and you know the, the, the cover's just about rubbed off it, of that it's, thing. It's worn, yes. That it's it been is. read. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of your favorite parts of the book. Well, let, let me let me bring back something that you said earlier. Charlie Tremendous Jones, you mentioned a person will be the same today as in five years, with the exception of people he meets and books he reads. I was at a conference, and I was speaking, and I, I did what you said. I pulled out Zig's book because it had that much impact. I traveled with it. 
And after the presentation, Charlie Tremendous Jones came up and congratulated me on on using a book because he thought we didn't read enough. He has a library. He sold books toward the end of his life. His daughter's carrying on that tradition. But I, I pulled out Zig's book to tell people that, in my case, in 1978, I was 30 years old. I was struggling. I was with the IBM Corporation and just gotten my first big promotion with IBM selling. But I was struggling. And one of my buddies said, you ought to go out there and buy this book. So for $12.95, I went to a downtown bookstore in downtown Dallas. And for $12.95, I invested in myself. I wasn't a bookworm at the time. I wasn't a tapeworm. I wasn't into personal growth. But I bought this book, opened it up, got to page 48, and my life changed with one sentence. And that sentence, Zig said, and he quoted from Joyce Brothers, but it's in Zig's book, see, at the top. Now, for the people that get the book now, it's on page 54, but in my original version, it was on page 48, and it said this, you cannot consistently perform in a manner that's inconsistent with the way you see yourself. Mm, that's strong. You wow. cannot consistently perform at one level if you consistently see yourself at a different level. Well, that's where I was at the time. And what Zig Ziglar told me in that writing was, Brian, you deserve more. You're better than this. Let me help you. And the rest of the 382 pages I devoured, and it literally changed my life. My wife will tell you that 37 years ago. My mother would have told you that. My friends would have told you that. It, it really did change my life because his philosophy is build the person. That person will build the professional. Yeah. And what I've learned from that is you need to invest more in yourself than you do in your career. The basis of that is personal growth precedes professional growth. Whereas IBM had been a great company, I started literally as a delivery boy. I left as a man. That's how I say my, talk about my 14 years with the IBM Corporation. But Zig completed that because I was missing success by a distance of 12 inches. That's from my head to my heart, that's about 12 inches. And intellectually, I understood how to be successful, but I never felt it. And the completion that Zig had in me was that he completed that last 12-inch journey, and the results have been phenomenal. Well, that is such a great story, great stuff on the book. Um, what, what we'll do uh, here in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your life, what, you know, you're, you're growing up. Let's hope it's a short segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll go through that. And, and on C at the top, I mean, I'm sure most of the listeners have, have heard of the book before, but if you haven't, we will put it on the website on ambitiousradio.com. Um, again, tune, on, tune in after the break whenever we go through Brian Flanagan's life, his experience professionally in the IBM World, working with the Ziegler Corporation now for over three decades, as well as uh, some of the entrepreneurial things that he has done. We'll be right back on Ambitious Radio. It is Texas Money and Business. What a great show we have going on today, folks. So glad you're here. My name is Ron Taylor, Doug Parker, and Ambitious Radio Network here, and Brian Flanagan with the Ziegler Corporation. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, guys, uh, specialize or die. Specialize mm. or die. I mean, that was one of one of the great Ziegler uh, quotes that I, I'd stuck with me for so long. Doug, it's good to have you here, man. Uh, boy, to have Brian here is just a treat for us today. We, we really are. We're so excited to have Brian, and, and that's what we're going to try to do on this show. We're going to try to bring very good guests in that can you can you know walk away way when you've been listening with some real meat, something that you can go back and apply. You know, a lot of times 
I've seen over the years where you may have something that's motivating to you. It sounds good. Yep. You get all excited about it. You go sit down in your car and you do nothing. Right. Well, what we want to do is to equip you, give you some ideas, and then take them and put them into action. And I think Brian is a great example of that. And uh, so anyway, we're going to jump back into the show here and uh, listen to a little bit about what Brian has to say about his uh, story growing up. You know, I've, I've known him for a while. I've heard a lot about his life growing up in Louisiana. In Louisiana. Talk slow, repeat the punchlines. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So now, I tell people, Doug, I love Louisiana. I don't want to live there, but I do want to be buried there. That way I can continue to vote. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, that's good stuff. So, so tell us about growing up, Brian. My family was great. I had a great childhood. My parents were wonderful. My dad died when I was 20, so I had a great 20 years with him. My mother had a tough life. She she lived to 99. She had a tough life because she retired at 90. She got tired of working for a jerk, my brother. <laughs> when, she, when she turned 90, he only gave her two weeks of vacation. So my mother was one of the great ladies. She was a, a lady, a classy lady. She raised her three children, mainly me, from the time I was 20. On, I, I lived with mother until I got married. So mom and I were real close, but she was a great inspiration to us. And she literally worked until she was 90 years old. She had a great work ethic. My dad had a great work ethic. I got an older brother and an older sister. They always believed in their younger brother. I played sports. I loved it. Went to LSU. Met a, fell in love on my first date. I had a blind date with a young lady. I was dating a girl before that that made me feel like she was the only girl in the world. I met a girl named Cindy Katie. She'd made me feel like I was the only guy in the world. <laughs> we've been married 45 years. Wow. Oh, man, congratulations that, on that's, that. That's produced two children, and we've had a great life. It's been – I married my bucket list. There you Everything go. I wanted on November Friday the 13th, November Friday the 13th, 1970, I married my bucket list. She is everything and more. Mm, wow. mm, that is quite an accomplishment. Yep. For me, now not so much for her. <laughs> well, now, been the best on, twenty-nine Brian. years of her life. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Brian, so you, you you know you've been married now. You said for forty-five years. Forty-five years. Forty-five years. Goodness gracious! So you got a couple kids. Um, I know you said that you worked at IBM. Now you worked it a little longer than I guess I, I thought you did. How long were you there? Well, I started as a delivery boy my second senior year at Louisiana State University. I got a job as a delivery boy. Now, this is how old I am. Some of the people in the viewership, the listenership, may not remember this. But at one time, before keyboarding, there was something called typing. And IBM <laughs> sold typewriters and copiers, and that was a division that I joined as a delivery boy my last year. I, I graduated. They hired me. That led to a 14-year career. But in 10 years into my career, 1978, I met a man named Zig Ziglar, and Everything changed. Everything changed. That book, see at the top, which we talked about on the first segment, that really did revolutionize the way I saw things. Okay. And I begged him for a job. In 1984, he finally hired me. He took a long time. He was a better prospect than I was a salesman. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but how in did 1984, you meet, how did you meet Zig, Brian? How did you meet Zig? Literally met him through the book. Then I went to a course. After I'd read the book, I went to a course. I didn't realize this at the time, but Zig was having such great success. I thought it was literally Zig and a secretary. He and Laurie, who is still with the Ziegler Corporation after 30-some-odd years, I thought it was just Zig speaking and traveling. Well, he had a staff, and they were growing products, and they were growing curriculum, and they were putting things in schools and industry and government. He may hire people like me. I could sell. I wanted to be a trainer, and sure enough, he did. So during that week course that I took in North Dallas, I had a chance to sit down next to him at at lunch one day, and we talked, and I had breakfast with him in Phoenix. 
when we were both out there for a speaker's conference. Mm-hmm. He said, well, if you ever get back to Dallas, let's talk. And at the time, I was in California working with the IBM Corporation as a manager. And when I got back to Dallas, every time he opened the, the front door of his office, there I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took him literally, and I worked my way into a job. I wrote a course for him on presentation skills. We field tested it for six months, and he hired me. That was back in March of 1984. March of 1984. Yeah. So, goodness gracious. So, over the years, there's been all different types of things. You traveled all over the world yes. uh, with the Ziegler Corporation. Yeah. So, what's one, of the, what's one of your favorite uh, times you've gotten to go train? One of my weirdest times I trained, we were teaching presentation skills to a group of women salespeople who sold Botox. And when we got to presentation skills with facial expressions, they, they couldn't do anything because <laughs> they were not stuck. Okay, smile. I am smiling. We've had some great times. I had a chance to go overseas with Zig and his wife, Jean, who he called the redhead. Mm-hmm. So Jean and Zig and I in 1996 went overseas for six weeks. It's a long time. But we went through Australia and New Zealand, Singapore, Philippines, Kuala Lumpur. It was really a, a great time for a lot of reasons. I was away from home for too long, but I had a chance to sit at the foot of the master. Yeah. I took notes. I asked questions, and I asked Gene questions, his wife, who I've, I've known all these years, but never had a chance to get into some serious conversations with her and learn so much about how much she had to do with his success. <laughs> he would brag about that. But there were stories and there were incidences. There were times, he's, as he says, he was chasing deals. Mm-hmm. And I asked Gene, I said, well, Gene, when he was chasing those deals, what were you doing? She said, I was his wife. I was standing right by encouraging him. There you <laughs> and go. And she, she took no, no hesitation in saying that. Yeah. So I learned a lot from them. That was one of the fondest memories I've had of, of spending that much time with Zig. How, how, many, how many times in life do you have to spend that much time with your hero? Yeah. I mean, outside your family, my dad was my hero as was Zig, but how much time do you have to spend that type of quality involvement? It was a special time. Wow. Right. No, I agree with you, and I'll tell you, over the years, you know, I, I consider uh, Zig a mentor in that uh, I devoured all the books, the CDs, the tapes, I and mean, whatever I could, but I was able to spend a little bit of time with, with him from time to time, and, and you talk about investing in people and those little precious times I was able to go through the next to the last born to win uh, that there was. My yeah. wife and I both went through that, and and – uh, just it's it's those times that it's so precious that you're able to do those things. And, and like you said, with your hero, if you will, just yeah, it's, it's neat stuff. It really is. So as we kind of wrap up this segment, tell me about uh, your favorite quote. We've talked about a couple quotes. I may, we may have already said it, but if if, if we haven't, what's, what's your favorite quote? Or maybe well, my a favorite quote came in the first one, first segment. We talked about you cannot consistently perform at a level that's inconsistent with the way you see yourself. And what that means is you can't outperform the image you have of yourself. Zig spoke a lot to me about self-image, but he also had something else. When Zig never gave you a promise without a plan, one of the knocks on quote-unquote motivational speakers is that they're long on fuse and short on bang. Zig was never short on bang. If you studied Zig, one of the things he has is 15 steps to build your Mm self-confidence. And step number 10, you can use this with your children, whether they're in college, whether they're grandkids, early, no matter where your children are in life, Number 15 of how to build self-confidence, make a victory list to remind you of your past success. This victory list should include those things that gave you the most satisfaction and confidence. As you periodically review this victory list, you will be reminded that you've succeeded in the past and that you're capable in the future. 
and I I grasp that a lot. That that's really meaningful to me. When I've got that that tough thing going, I got a tough month selling, I miss a plane, whatever. There's victories, yeah. and you have to remind yourself of those victories. That's a, that's a great lesson for all of us to learn. That is Man, so good. That really is. I mean, this is just fantastic, and you know, I love hearing. Uh, just about your experience and those kind of things. Let, let me ask you one quick question as we as we do wrap up this segment. How many times would you say you've read that book? Because I know you've beat the cover off of it. I've beat the cover off of it. I've read it twice. I've read it through twice, but I go back and I look at the underlined words because I'm a note taker. Zig taught me that. Okay. If when, when he was cleaning out his offices, sometimes he would give us books he didn't want or he had read or he had whatever. So we would go through them at the office. We'd go through them. Well, you would go through there and you would see that Zig was a note taker. It was amazing, and then he would he would do things on the on the family side, the spiritual side, and the business side. He would have different notes, and he would have different little notations. Would he could where he could use that in his Sunday school classes or in his presentations? Mm-hmm. Great, great role model for continual learning. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That really is. Well, as we're wrapping up now. Next segment, we're going to talk about entrepreneurism, some of the things that you've done, Brian, with your business, uh, Flanagan Training, and some of the different things that people go through, fears, and much, much more how you overcome those yes. fears. And uh, so we'll do all that in the next segment here on Ambitious Radio. And back on the show, it is Ambitious Radio Network. My good friend Doug Parker is here. Our very special guest, Brian Flanagan. Such a delight to have both gentlemen here in the studio in Texas, Money and Business. And uh, guys, it's a it's a good thing. Whenever we can hear Zig Ziglar quotes like this, left and right, uh, it, you can't go wrong. Right, I tell you what, it, gives, it gives me chills just kind of hearing the, this this stuff. It's uh, it's a blast from the past. Brian and I have known each other for a really long time. and Yeah. He's done some training for us over the years, but every time I get a chance to to get around him, hear about Zig, it 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 motivates me, it recharges me, it pumps me up, it Certainly. gives me just some great applicable things to move forward with. And we've talked a lot about uh, Zig Ziglar and the Ziglar Corporation over the past couple segments, but now we're just going to kind of get into Brian and knowing him a little bit more. He's got a a training company called Flanagan Training. And Brian, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, without risk, there's often, you know, very little reward. Amen. That's and, right. And so, but taking risks, that can be a little scary. Yes. And it's got to be prepared. You've got to think it through. Now, here's the other thing. You also have to have some support of a lot of people. Uh, one of the great quotes Zig always had was there are two types of goals. There's give up goals and there's grow up goals. Give up goals. I'm going to give up bad lifestyle. I'll give up fat foods. You can share that with anybody, but grow up goals. Grow up goals as you want to achieve things. Be careful with who you share those with because some people aren't as excited about it as you are. What I learned from that, what I took away from that is be careful with your passion turning into pain. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that you've got a passion to go do this. You want to bake pies. You want to quit your job at some corporation and you want to go out and you want to bake pies. That's a passion you have, but does it cause pain for your family? Can they take that dip with mom or dad being gone all the time? Can they take the dip financially? One of the things I learned was that your passion needs to be in place, but that passion has to be placed correctly so it doesn't cause a burden for the people you love, the people you're supposed to support. And 10 years or so ago when I went out on my own at Flanagan Training Group, Cindy, my wife, was very supportive. We planned it for a number of months. We didn't jump into it cold turkey where there was pressure to produce. There was pressure to have a cash flow. That was easy for me. So my entrepreneurial experience has been, has been easy. 
has been almost not painless, but less painful than than some. Well, you, you did it the right way. See, I did mine a little differently. For about six years, I did mine part time, <laughs> and then on a Saturday afternoon, I, I I was in automobile business, and I, I left, and uh, you know, kind of in a little bit of a flurry that afternoon, that evening. And my wife's like, "What are you doing at home?" I was like, "Well, I'm pretty sure I just quit." <laughs> and uh, she goes, "The first thing she asked me is, what are we going to do for insurance?'" I was like, "I don't know. I hadn't thought about that yet." So sometimes, you know, you can back into a deal. Yes. And then other yeah. times you can properly plan it. So yeah. so based upon my experience and hearing about yours, I think yours is probably the way to go. But at the same time, Doug, what you just said, there's no cookie cutter approach. There's right. different cookies, different cutters. Mm-hmm. There's no one way to do this. Sometimes necessity drives you to this. Necessity is a pretty good teacher. Mm-hmm. It also is a pretty good accountability partner. Yeah, you got to produce. I think I think Zig might have said necessity is a mother invention <laughs> <and> once or <laughs> twice. <laughs> so what happens is that if there's no one way to do it, what works for you? Now, but here's something I would caution people on, and this was very helpful to me. Don't let your ideal become your ordeal. Mm. And what I mean by that, you've got a passion to do something. You want to go out and do this, and that's your ideal job. But it takes a while to, to build up to a finance or cash flow or revenues that you can support your family or support your obligations. It, it's amazing sometimes we get caught into something and we pulled into it or we, we run toward it, but we don't see the consequences if it's not well thought out. Yeah. And I heard that term, Doug, everything I say is you mentioned, Ron, a quote. I make a living on Zig's quotes. <laughs> if you steal from me, you're stealing twice. There you go. <laughs> but the, the ideal and the ordeal, when that term was mentioned to me, I'm thinking, yes, I can see how that could be detrimental to a relationship. It could be detrimental to growth. So make sure that you balance these. The other thing I heard about this was from Zig Ziglar's mentor, a man named Fred Smith, who Zig went to often as a coach and a mentor. And at a conference, Fred Smith said, put your talent ahead of your passion. Whoa, put your talent ahead of your passion. I didn't get a chance to ask Fred what he meant by that. What I think he meant by that and what it meant to me, you've got to be passionate. You've got to have enthusiasm. Zig taught me another lesson when he said, timid salespeople, timid, T-I-M-I-D, timid salespeople have skinny kids. <laughs> so you want to be passionate. You want, you want to be energetic about what you're selling and what you're doing and what you're purporting. But be careful that you're, you're using your passion and you're turning people off. I think what Fred Smith meant, if you're talented enough, you'll know when to use that passion. That's right. If you're skilled enough, you'll know how to broach that subject or introduce that subject to someone that you're trying to influence. Professional and, tact, if you will. Oh, yeah. Well, that, well, let me write that okay, one down. Write that that, down. That'll, Ron, that'll be a Brian Flanagan original. <laughs> All right. Professional tact. I like it. That's for free. You can have that, Brian. You can have <laughs> well, it. Well, I wasn't going to pay anyway. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> and, and, the, and the other thing, Doug, is that it's amazing. Like, like you said earlier, you did it one way, I did it the other way. Well, there are so many stories of how people have done it. So don't let doing it hold you back. You still have to move forward, move smart forward smartly, but don't hesitate. You know, that's interesting. You know, Ron, I talked about that last week was the analysis paralysis. There's a lot of people that they want to go out and be an entrepreneur, jump out there, do something. And a lot of times it might be because they don't want to work for their current boss. So they have, they get sideways with them where they think they're going to make all this money because they're looking at the gross number, not the net number or all those types of things. But you can get on analysis paralysis yes. 
where you know I think I might have even heard this one from you before, but it talked about the fall, the, the uh, five frogs sitting on lily pads and three of them decided to jump. And the question was, is how many of them are there? You know, well, they're all there because they decided to jump and none of them did anything. So, you know, the bottom line is, mm-hmm. is that you've got to really evaluate the situation, make a good calculated decision. Yes. Don't let your emotions get too involved. Yep. But then once you've got enough information to, to pull the trigger, as, as they say, jump out there and do it. I'm, I'm a big believer there's got to be evidence. I'm, I'm big into this word called evidence now. When I teach sales training, one of the ways to overcome objections is through evidence. The other way to make decisions is through evidence. I think in some clouded ways, we get into the emotional side and not the evidence side, and, and it hurts us. So evidence is a real good word. Yeah, so so we've got, uh, you know, w- one thing there, you talk about evidence. You know, Zig used to talk about people don't change their mind. So, you know, they make new decisions with new information. Based on new information. And that, that evidence is, is you know, evidence that there's something mm-hmm. that's different you might want to reconsider before you make that final yeah, decision. Yeah. And what you said earlier, when you tiptoed, you said you were doing it part-time, and then mm-hmm. through some happenstance, something happened that you went full-time. That's a great way to do it, because then you test the waters. Yeah. If I can do it, I had a I had a speaking business for the last five years I was with the IBM Corporation. It was a, as we called it in those days, moonlighting. It was a you know, weekend, but I, w- I would take time off to go speak at conferences and conventions and do some sales training, all on the up and up, no conflict of interest in th- with the IBM Corporation. And I tested it to see if I would like it. I tested to see if I would like to travel. And at the same time, my wife was supportive of this, but she she was a school teacher. And then she became a mom. She wanted to be a full-time mom, which we were blessed that she could do that. It was good that I tested it to see what type of reaction, what type of preparation I had. So that's a great way to do it. But but here's something that I learned the hard way. Fear and faith have the same definition. Now, from a spiritual side, from a business side, follow me on this. Fear and faith, they're completely different, but the definition is the same. Now, listen to the definition. Fear and faith have the same definition. That definition is believing what you don't see is going to happen. Yeah. So if I'm fearful or if I have faith, so far I'm, I'm at a standstill. It's amazing that we choose fear over faith. It is. Fear and faith have the same definition. I'm good at this. I can bake pies. I've, I've won contests. People have asked me for recipes. There's evidence that I can do this. But the hesitancy, the paralysis of analysis, mm-hmm. it holds us back. So if fear and faith have the same definition, believing what you don't see is going to happen, we encourage you to choose faith. Yeah, indeed. That's very good. Yeah, that yeah. That, that is. And, and, you know, action. You know, action is, is one of the things when you when you put you take those two and you compare them fear and faith, the fear is going to paralyze your action. And then you, you, know, you go into, hey, if you've got faith, you start doing it, you put some some things in place, you take action. It's going to make make a difference. And, you know, all these conversations we talked about, you know, you're working at IBM, then you start doing some other stuff. You know, here's one thing that I hear a lot from folks. They're always looking for the get rich quick. They're looking for the easy way. They're doing this. I mean, I did a sales training yesterday for some, some a mortgage company. And I'm talking to these guys, and I said, hey, there's nothing I'm going to tell you today that you're not going to know what it is. You have heard this before. What it's going to do, to do to you, it may get you motivated, excited for a little while, but then that's going to wear off. It's going to look a lot like work, okay? You got to just go to work. Put it in action and make it happen. About 80% of you guys are going to hear what I have to say and think it's great, and you're going to go back to your desk and do nothing with it. So 
I'm always big on a little less talk and a lot more action. You know, let's let's get down to it. Let's figure out a way to make it happen, write it down, put an action step in place. I sent an email this morning to those sales managers of those loan officers. I said, hey, now's a perfect time to go back through and ask them what they wrote down. Put a picture up on the wall. Let's look at that every single day so you've got an action step of why you're doing what you're doing. And I send them a picture of my daughter that's going off to college and why I'm doing some of the things that I'm doing because that's focused. That, that's what sure. keeps me focused. So just yeah. have a visual uh, picture of, of what you're going to get accomplished. Good. Yeah, absolutely. I think Elvis wrote a song, a little less conversation, a little more action. There yeah, you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, it's the Texas uh, Money and Business, and we have the uh, ambitious radio network going on today with Doug Parker and our very special guest, Brian Flanagan. We'll return with our last segment and some great stuff coming up for you in just a moment here on 1160 AM KBCE. It is Texas Money and Business right here on 1160 AM KVCE. My name is Ron Taylor. Doug Parker here with the Ambitious Radio Network. Made possible by our good sponsors, FreeElectricityDFW.com, RepairMyCreditNow.com, and All3Reports.com. That is All3, the number three, reports with an S, dot com. And Doug, it's uh, good to see you, man. We've got a great guest today. I'll tell you what, I have enjoyed uh, the last 45 minutes or so with Brian. It is a great kind of reminiscing with, with some of the stories and the quotes and just the different uh, yeah. applicable information that we're sharing today. And, you know, one thing we didn't go over in the last segment, Brian, um, when, when folks want to get a hold of you, if they wanted to do some training with you or they want to know more about you, how, how would they find out about you? Best way is my cell phone, which is 214-505-5109. My website is www.flanagantraining.com. Flanagan is spelled F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N, flanagantraining.com. But only only go to that website if you want to be real successful. There you go. Well, so you know what? I'm, I'm glad that you uh, spelled your name there because I always want to put an extra N in there. I don't know why I want to do it. Well, if you remember the movie Cocktail, Tom Cruise yeah. played young Mr. Flanagan, Brian Flanagan. Yeah, he did. In one of his worst movies, but he had a great name in that his character's name, Brian Flanagan. <laughs> there, that's that's interesting stuff. Well, so as we kind of wrap up, you know, t- today I want to just visit a little bit about some of the other Zig books. Now, I didn't realize how many he had written. Thirty-two. Thirty-two books. My goodness. Yep. It'll, so it'll touch your life anywhere you are. I promise you. Man, I, I'll tell you, I've got uh, I've got a guy in my office that that uh, when you ask him how he's doing, he says better than good. Yep. That's just that's his standard. Zig's books. Yeah, that's just his standard response, and that that's where it came from. Um, we, we talked a lot about See at the Top. What uh, what other books that kind of stand out to you? Several books that stood out to me and still do. He wrote a book entitled Confessions of a Happy Christian. Okay. In that book, he says, Christians shouldn't have long faces and short pocketbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but he talks about the joy of, of being a Christian, of joy of knowing that your, your future is secure. The book he wrote on courtship after marriage is a marriage book obviously talking about having the right mate is important but being the right mate and how to do that and then the books that helped me in the professional side were his secrets of closing the sale which has 101 ways to close the sale 600 questions to get to the close all very specific i'm a big believer that i wasn't successful as a salesperson when i was only personality driven Mm. when i was technique and process driven then I became a better salesperson. And as much as the IBM Corporation did for my development as a salesperson with the training, Zig really completed that. Mm. And I thought his stuff was was very strong in giving you 
action, much like you said early in earlier segment, pulling the trigger, being action-oriented, not just let's have a concept. No, let's go out and do it, and here's what to say. Ziegler on selling was like that, Secrets of Clothing, Closing the Sales. And then Top Performance is a, is a book on how to inspire excellence in yourself and others. So he has a lot of business books for entrepreneurs as well as just everyday life. All of them have very valuable lessons in them. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, gentlemen, one of the things I like about Zig Ziglar, and Brian, you've known him for a, a very long time, uh, is the fact that there's no separation between his stance on his faith and, and business. Uh, it, it's all intermingled. He brings his faith right into his message, doesn't he? He does, and he never backed away from it. Yeah, absolutely. And he, when people said, well, Mr. Ziglar, we don't want you to talk about all your philosophy, and he would say, well, what part of my philosophy would you like me to leave out? <laughs> and they would say something about his faith. And he said, well, that wouldn't you, you don't want the full Zig Ziglar then. Yeah, yeah. Because that's who I am, and that's how I built my business. Yeah. He was strong. Yeah, there's no no question about that. Let's talk about a couple of your books. I know you've got some bestsellers out there, and I'd love to kind of you know hear a little bit more about those. First book I had was really selling salespeople on themselves. Okay. It was called Now Go Sell Somebody Something. It came from when Zig would in our Christian devotions every Monday morning. He would stand up and end the devotions with a prayer. Then he'd look at everybody and say, now, let's go sell somebody something. <laughs> the purpose of this book was really motivational. It's a, it's a page or two pages. Each chapter is only a page or two. That's perfect for sales guys. Yeah, ADD. <laughs> look, all salespeople have ADD. Now, it may not be learning disability, but it's sales disability. Right. Look, a butterfly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And all, Zig also said all salespeople were weird. <laughs> Meaning that when they were selling, they were so happy they could grin so broadly they'd eat a banana sideways. And if they weren't, they'd get so depressed they'd look like the picture on their driver's license. <laughs> so those are short, to the point, page, two-page chapters. So literally, after you, put, after you read that chapter, put the, phone, put the book down, get on the phone, go call somebody, go sell somebody something. The second book is called So You're New to Sales. It's not written just for the novice salesperson. But it is written from the format of having specific processes to use. Doug, I'm a big believer that process takes pressure off the person. Mm, that's strong. The more process you're based, then your personality can take a back seat. But if you're personality-based and you get in trouble on a sales call, you have nothing to rely on other than a personality, you're not going to be successful. And this is what I learned last year, my 43rd, my 44th year in sales process has given me the confidence to use my personality oh. and that's helped me a lot so the second book so you new to sales is based on a seven-step sales process okay gotcha so yep. when you talk about personality you know there are the personality styles yes. but you're talking about somebody that just has a lot of personality that's one of those guys yeah one of those kind of guys they get them excited sales is a transfer yeah. of enthusiasm we've all heard that yep but then you run into somebody that they're not picking up what you're laying down. Well, those are called natural-born salespeople. And once again, Zig had a line on that. He said, I don't want a natural-born cardiologist ad-libbing through my chest cavity. <laughs> I want somebody that's trained, that stays trained. Well, when you're selling your house, you want the best salesperson in the community. Mm -hmm. You want somebody that's trained, that knows the market, that knows other people, that they list and they can come and show. The same is true with salespeople. If you're selling me insurance, I want somebody that's trained in the insurance business, not somebody that can talk about it. And what I learned today, you said that you'd done some sales training yesterday. I did some sales coaching today mm -hmm. for a client of mine up in north of Chicago. And what I told these, these five new salespeople, and it was a conference call, I said, look, you're not mandated to sell your brand. You're mandated to solve problems. 
So if you, if you talk about your brand, that's all you're talking about, and the brand is not going to solve somebody's problem, you, you, you're wrong. Be careful with that. Interesting. So I'm a big believer if you have a process that leads to solving problems, you don't want to talk people into it. You want to solve people into it. Absolutely. And that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and today I was visiting with someone that's a uh, an Indian fellow, and he was doing some technical work for me. And he says, hey, look, you guys are asking these qualifying questions in, in your script, if you will. And he's like, the customers that you're talking to, they don't care where they came from. That's your question. It has nothing to do with them. Good. You're slowing down your sales process. And that that was one that kind of sank on me a little bit. We try to ask these questions because we want to make sure that if they were referred to yeah. us, that, you know, whoever gets credit or right sales. You may want to offer that IT guy sales job. Or it sounds like it. I mean, he's, he's making it where it makes just too much uh, too much evidence to back it up, right? Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's really good stuff. So what other authors do you like? Well, I like a lot of authors. I, I read a lot because I'm on planes a lot, and my children have given me an electronic book. I have a Kindle now, and I've got a lot of books on there. I've always enjoyed reading about communication. There are two or three guys, mainly guys that I've used. Joe Navarro has a book entitled What Everybody Says. He's a former FBI profiler, and he's, he, talks, he talks about things that I hadn't thought of, which is when you're seeing somebody, are you looking for their hand, their facial expressions? What are you looking for to, to read body language? He says, be aware of their feet because hmm. the body follows the feet. If, you're in, if you have two people engaged in a social conversation and one wants to break away, the first thing they move is their feet. Interesting. And I'm thinking this, this I'm, I'm reading more about this guy. <laughs> Alan Pease, that's spelled P-E-A-S-E, has a book called Signals. He talks about clusters of body movement and gestures, not just one isolated, but clusters of, of gestures. So I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed those two authors on the communication side. Okay. I enjoy Daniel Pink. To air is to, to sell as human. Drive is another one of his books. I've heard of that one. Yep. It's good stuff. Well, as we're kind of nearing the end of another episode, it's hard to believe we've already spent an hour with I you, know. Brian. It has flown by. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to come spend with us today. It has been very informative. I think we've gotten a lot of great information from mm. you. And uh, like I said, it's it's always good to see an old friend in, in the uh, – Thank you for the invitation, yeah. Absolutely. And you and Ron made it easy. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's – you know, and, and we I kind of find myself privileged here, Doug, because to have Brian right here in the room with us, man, I – you know, I mean, I generally have to buy a ticket to a conference and sit and watch or watch TED Talks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You didn't buy the ticket. How did you – See, how did you get in here, Ron? I tipped the hand again. Well, and Ron, I appreciate you so much for running the board and doing all the technical aspect of things. That's something that – Maybe one of, these, one of these days I'll get that figured out, but yeah. I appreciate you in the meanwhile helping out with that. We'll get you versed in it, man. Absolutely. All right. That sounds fantastic. Well, also, as we kind of wrap up, again, we want to thank our sponsors here at Ambitious Radio. We could not do it without you. FreeElectricityDFW.com, All3Reports.com. That's all the number three reports with an S.com if you need to monitor your credit or get a copy of all your credit reports. And RepairMyCreditNow.com if you've got some errors on your credit report, inaccuracies, things along those lines. They'd love to take a look at it and see what they can do to help you out. Tune in next week when we'll have Bo Burlingham from Inc. Magazine on the show. Uh, Bo joined Inc. in 1983, and he's currently the editor-at-large. He's the author of Big Finish and Small Giants. He also co-authored with Norm Brodsky, The Knack, and co-authored with Jack Stack, The Great Game of Business. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. Get out there and be ambitious. See you next time on the Ambitious Radio Network.
Thank you for listening to Texas Money and Business on 1160 AM KVCE. Tune in weekdays at 10 a.m. to hear more leading experts giving you all the information you need to know on Texas money and business.